Welcome to Glove Talk, your weekly news and boxing. If you enjoy this kind of content, make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you enjoy the video, make sure to hit the like button. With that said, let's get into the news. Okay, so first we're going to break down the fights that happened this weekend. Anthony Yard fought, also Cavalaskis fought. So we're going to talk about those real quick, and then we're going to get into the news going from the weight classes, going from the lightest to the heaviest. So let's first start off with Anthony Yard. Uh, and Spielman, I thought this was a pretty decent fight. Good to see Anthony Yard again. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of Anthony Yard, to be quite honest with you. A few things I like about him, and then I'll get to some of the things I'm be a little bit more critical of him. Uh, what I like about him, number one, is he's in amazing shape. He always shows up in great shape. When he gets on the scale, he looks phenomenal. You can't really fault him for that. Second of all, I like his attitude. He seems hungry. He seems very motivated. I always like to see that. He seems like he's always in, in camp. And even though he's had some issues in terms this year of you know losing family members and, and just kind of overcoming things outside of the ring like that, he seems to be very positive. And it seems like uh, Tunde, his trainer, is also trying to create an environment where you know they can rely on each other. I love seeing that kind of bond between trainer and fighter. So that's something I really like about him. His power seems uh, fantastic. Uh, one thing I noticed about him is that he doesn't telegraph his his punches too much um it, his power you you know you you'll see him throw a shot and it it seems like it's kind of off the hip a lot of times with that lead left and it and then you hear the noise when it lands you're like oh wow okay so he he hit him pretty hard he put some mustard behind that so i like his power i like the fact he doesn't telegraph too much but what i don't like about him is well number one that that lead left the way he has that really far down that to me it just kind of bugs me a little bit now i think that he's been able to do that and kind of get away with that with other uh with the caliber of fighters he's basically gone against but once he starts stepping up i think that's going to be an issue for him he's kind of using his shoulder a lot and kind of shoulder rolling a lot and and, and trying to use you know his his a little bit of slickness in there and it works okay but even we saw spielman uh you know land a few good shots on him here and there throughout the fight you know a big problem i see later on for him is that if you know we saw with kovalev who had who beat him you know uh, just someone with a substantial jab and able to take advantage of that low left i think that's going to be an issue for him once he starts stepping up in caliber a fighter but that said he did get the stoppage uh personally i thought the stoppage was a little bit premature um it's always tough to tell unless you really can tell and see the guy wobbled visibly or you know you can really look into the guy's eyes like the ref can to kind of see if he's there or not Personally, I thought he was a little bit premature. Uh, some people did as well. Some people were fine with it. Regardless, he gets the win. Good for him. Let's see where he goes from here. Uh, there were talks about him uh, initially going to be fighting underneath the Daniel Dubois Joe Joyce card. I don't think he's probably going to be doing that now, but who knows? Maybe that maybe he will uh, fight again this year. If not, we'll see him probably early 2021. Now, moving on to the Cavalaskis Zuski fight. Uh, this was an interesting fight because this is the fight basically after we saw Cavalaskis do pretty well against Crawford and people got excited for him again you know going into the Crawford fight he didn't have a great performance beforehand 
And so people kind of, well, they really overlooked him. And, and Kavalaskis is a very solid fighter. I mean, boxing-wise, his technique and his skill is certainly there. The power's there. But in this fight, he was losing uh, bulk of the round. I am going to show uh, the judges' scorecards. You'll see it right over here. There's one judge uh, that... What wasn't quite seeing the fight the same way as the other judges, but other than the fifth round and the seventh round where he got the knockdown at the end, I mean, the judges were going for, you know, Zuski. So I, I think this is kind of a little bit of a wake up call to possibly that maybe Kavalaskis is one of those type of fighters where he has a tendency to fight at the level of whoever his opponent is. And some guys are like that. Uh, and for me, it's great that he got the stoppage, but he was losing the bulk of the rounds, and I just don't know really what to think of him, other than I know he has very substantial power. I know he has solid skill behind him, but I don't know. For me, I'm just not 100% confident in how he's going to progress or what to really make of him. I know a lot of people were very hyped on him as a prospect uh, when he first came into the pros, but... You know, he just hasn't been able to produce at a high, high level yet. Who knows? Maybe he he'll make adjustments. Maybe he'll find new training. Maybe he'll be able to kind of, you know, adapt and overcome some of the some of his shortfalls. But for me, I'm not super impressed by him. I think it's great that he did get that in the end, get the win. But like I said, not super impressed with that said. Now we're going to move into the various weight classes. First, we're going to talk about bantamweight with Inouye and Maloney, Jason Maloney and Inouye looking like they're going to be fighting for the title on October 31st in Las Vegas. This is exciting. I'm very excited to see this fight. In my opinion, I have, I mean, I have anyway. I mean, I, he's one of the pound for pound best. I just don't think Jason Maloney will be able to handle his power once he starts feeling it. In my opinion, I see this being maybe a seventh round stoppage uh maybe sooner you never know within a way with that power now moving on we're going to be moving to 130 herring says that you know there's the wbo saying that he needs to face his mandatory by january 2021 i don't know if that's going to happen jamel has talked about that he needs to you know overcome like a, a scratch cornea and that he has some other you know injuries that he's going to be try to recover from he just signed with mtk so clearly he's really going after that frampton fight he has openly talked on social media about that being his last fight and then retiring good for him hopefully he gets paid well i think he will for that fight now moving on we're going to be talking about lightweight but we're going to be not going to be talking about a lightweight we're going to be talking about gary russell jr Gary Russell Jr. basically calls out everybody right now. I don't know what's going on with him, but he seems to be calling out Crawford. And then he was, you know, for a while he was talking about fighting Shakur Stevenson. And now he's now he started calling out Devin Haney. Then Devin Haney said, all right, let's do it. Let's dance. So the contract uh, was signed by Haney, sent to uh, Gary Russell Jr. Gary Russell Jr., was willing to sign but didn't like the rematch clause in there so I, I think they're working on that now it does look like that Devin Haney might be fighting Gary Russell Jr 
I'm very interested in this fight. I think that's not a bad fight for Devin Haney. Uh, it's better than what was possibly going to happen, which was Gamboa. And I'm not, I, I'm not hating on Gamboa, but just Gamboa is up there. He's almost 40 years old. Okay. I don't need to see Gamboa fight Devin Haney. I want to see Devin Haney deal with someone with some fast hands like Gary Russell Jr. It's a little bit more interesting fight. I still probably have Devin Haney winning in that, but I could see also Gary Russell Jr. giving Devin Haney a little bit of trouble early on and then Devin Haney adapting and overcoming. So moving on from that, we're going to stay at lightweight and we're talking about Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell. Boy, oh boy, am I excited for this fight. I can't wait for this. Paperwork is done. They're looking at November 14th in California for this to happen. I'm, I believe they're not going to have a crowd for this fight, most likely, especially if they're having it in California. I don't expect any kind of crowd, but I am glad to see that they're moving closer. And I also like the date. The date is, uh, in my opinion, better than if they did it in October. Uh, late October because there's a lot of other fights that could possibly be happening around that time and I'm really excited to see what happens here um, I'm, I'm just excited because I think that we're gonna see what Ryan Garcia can do it's really gonna be a benchmark for him if he does well and wins I think that's gonna be a massive win for him if he loses that's not the end of his career he's so young that we could really see him make adjustments come back and really kind of shine so moving on from that, we're going to be moving into the biggest fight of the year, if you ask me, and that is Lomachenko versus Tiafimo Lopez. So let me break down some, some of the information we have for this. It looks like right now we are going to be having this fight in October. It looks like it's October 17th is the date. Uh, great timing. I think that both guys are clearly prepared for this. Teofimo Lopez. I want to talk about a little bit about Teofimo Lopez, and then we'll talk a little bit about Loma. A couple things I like about Teofimo Lopez. One is he looks like he is always in the gym. I mean, always in the gym. On social media, all you see is him in the gym constantly working. As much as I don't like his mouth and how much he talks, I have to give the kid credit. He seems very dedicated. He seems very motivated, and I like the fact that He's, you know, he talks a lot, but he's actually trying to walk the walk. And that's one thing I have to give Tiafimo Lopez credit for. He's actually going after arguably top three, if not number one pound for pound fighter in the entire world. If you, if you don't like Tiafimo Lopez, that's pretty bold. And if he does win, he becomes an instant star. He does. He's unified all the belts, basically, other than the WBC, which was gifted to Devin Haney. He's basically been gifted. He's basically has the possibility. They've talked about even giving him the franchise uh, champion belt if he beats, you know, uh, Lomachenko. So it's very possible that in the end, we could have Tiafimo Lopez have all the belts other than the regular WBC. He gets to become the franchise champion for the WBC. And essentially, he just is the king at lightweight now with lomachenko one thing that's interesting is that loma isn't a big trash talker he's not but that's why this kind of works out so well is because well tiafima lopez on a daily basis has a little soundbite or clip or so says something where he's either talking about how he feels like lomachenko's arrogant which I thought was funny, or he's talking about how he doesn't believe the hype and that he's going to put the end of the hype train. Um, you know, all these little uh, bits that <laughs> the TFM Lopez comes out with, I think is just, 
it really is selling the fight. Um, and the other thing that's interesting about this is that it's it's gotten to the point now where even Lomachenko trash talked a little bit, like how he's gonna he's gonna make him pay basically for all the words that he's been saying and everything like that. So even Loma's trash talking a little bit, which normally he doesn't say anything. The other thing that I that I love about this, it's not gonna be pay-per-view. I mean, can we talk about that? It's not gonna be pay-per-view, and this is probably the biggest fight of the entire year. I, I don't think it gets much better. So I'm super excited for this fight. Let me know who you guys have down in the comments for this fight. I personally have Lomachenko. I'll do a whole fight kind of breakdown and prediction video when once we get a little bit closer to it. You know, do you guys have Loma? Do you have Lopez? And uh, let me know why. What round do you think it's going to end in? But with that said, we're going to keep moving along. Now we're going to be moving up to welterweight. And that is Mikey Garcia. It basically wants uh, the Pacquiao fight. Now, look, I think everyone wants the Pacquiao fight that that's at that weight class because everyone knows what it brings. And, that, and that's big money. Now, we've heard about Crawford possibly getting this fight. Mikey... I I think it wouldn't be a bad fight for for Pacquiao. I, one, I think that Mikey's beatable. We saw you know against Earl Spence, but that's different. You know, Pacquiao's not going to use the same tactics as Spence. Spence is a very large welterweight and uses just pure power to kind of muscle you, break you down. Pacquiao uses speed and power. It's, he's just a little bit different. He's a little bit different tactician. I would be more curious about the Mikey Garcia and Pacquiao fight. Crawford, yeah, I'd love to see that fight, of course, but I'm more interested in Crawford and Spence if that ever happens. So for me, I think this is a good fight. I could actually see this being a, a pretty competitive fight. Now, Mikey's last fight against uh, Jesse Vargas, unanimous decision, good performance. I think that was a good bounce back, good opponent, you know, bounce back from that Earl Spence loss. So. I'm excited to see what happens here. I think Mikey's also had a little bit more time at this weight class. You know what I mean? He, he, he jumped two weight classes to fight Earl Spence. Very interesting move. And I think now that he's been there for a little while, I'm very curious to see how he's adapted. See if he's, you know, bulked up a little bit more, filled out a little bit more at that weight class. So I'm very excited to see if this does happen and uh, what this all could mean. Now going from welterweight, we're going to go up to middleweight. And that is the first story is going to be about Jaime Munguia. It's looking like he's going to be fighting in October. Big fan of this kid. Uh, he's young. He's very hungry. He has great size on his for him. Uh, and I want to see how he kind of develops overall. But glad to see him back in the ring. If they're talking about the 17th or the 30th. If I was them, I would certainly push it to the end of October. Because I don't think anyone's going to watch him if he's obviously sharing the same date as Lopez and Lomachenko. You know, some people are critical of him. They feel like he lost to Dennis Hogan. Regardless, I'm excited to see what he can do as he develops overall, and we'll see where he goes and how he looks uh, in October. Moving on from that, we're going to be now talking about the Charlo. So the Charlo brothers, people are a little bit split on this, and that is the pay-per-view is going to be basically 75 bucks. I don't think it's that bad. Now, the reason I say that is because you're essentially going to have, well, you're guaranteed both Charlos fighting very solid oppo opponents. I mean, Rosario is a fantastic opponent and Devachenko is also a fantastic opponent. So I'm really pumped for both of those fights. But there's also going to be several other title fights on those cards. They're going to split up the cards. They're not going to be fighting on the same one, which makes it even more intriguing. 
I don't think it's that bad. I know that uh, UK, you know, fight fans would absolutely be outraged if they had to pay like 60 quid for something like this. But, you know, us Americans were kind of used to it. Considering the level of the title fights, the main events are such high quality. I'm game for it. I don't have a huge problem with it. I'm just excited to see both Charlo uh, brothers fight on the same night. And I like the fact they split them up. You know, they used to fight on the same card occasionally. And and I, I get that. But I, I kind of like the fact that they're going to be doing two separate cards that allows for more fights overall. You know, I'm starting to kind of warm up to the UFC having like a dozen fights in a row. So I kind of like the fact that there's more fights going on in general. So I'm all for it. Moving on from that. Canelo, uh, the big news this week up with him is that he is suing DAZN, Golden Boy, and Oscar De La Hoya. Now, I already did a whole video breaking this down, so if you want to see all the kind of details and more information about that, I'll put a little card up here so you can check that out. Now, what's interesting about this is that, you know, there was errors, I guess, or there was an error with his suit, so he has some time to refile that, and he has to basically you know, look over it, go over again with his lawyers and then resubmit it because it was thrown out by the courts. Oscar De La Hoya came out and basically just pointed a finger at DAZN that they didn't follow up on their contracts. They're not following through on those. So he's blaming DAZN uh, 100%. But let's be honest, Oscar, you're, you certainly uh, weren't perfect with this either. You didn't disclose certain information to Canelo in general. So he's also a little bit at fault, but I see him, you know, golden boy and him pointing fingers at DAZN, which don't get me wrong, DAZN did a lot wrong in this whole situation, but still, uh, Oscar's not exactly squeaky clean either. Going from middleweight, we are gonna go up to light heavyweight. And that is Better Biev uh, suffered a rib injury during training, so his fight will be postponed. They don't exactly have a date set up yet for that, but it looks like that's probably going to be in maybe December instead of October. It's supposed to be on the 23rd. So I'm excited to see him get back in the ring. I am a huge Better Biev fan. Uh, it's too bad that he did have the rib injury, but you know, obviously he doesn't want to go in the ring not being 100%. Even though his opponent, I don't see him giving him any trouble, it's still something, you know, understandable. Now, moving up to regular heavyweight, uh, Gassiev is talking about, you know, returning in uh, November on a date in Russia. I want to see how he does at heavyweight. He's a good size. He's not the biggest heavyweight, but, you know, he's 6'4". He probably walks around at, at 215, no problem. 220, I could see him at. You know, he was cruiser, and I just see a guy this big being pretty decent. And what's interesting about Gassiev, if you ask me, is that if they do end up making this new weight class, which they're talking about, they're talking about making it between 200 and 225 or 220, he would be a perfect candidate for this. Now, there was some talk about him, Deontay Wilder. These guys are basically tailor-made for this weight class, and I I find it interesting. You know, Tony Bellew, I guess, has been put in charge for this to kind of do some more research and kind of flesh this weight class out. I could see Gassiev certainly doing well at that weight class and not having to face guys like Fury, Joshua. I mean, the really heavy hitters at regular heavyweight moving on from that and going over to the uk joe joyce and daniel dubois look like their date is going to be moved to 
uh, late November, either the 21st or the 28th. Great fight. I think that, you know, the UK boxing fans are super pumped for this. And I know this for a fact because I think it was Michael Benson on uh, Twitter put up a poll. What, which fights are you most excited for? And this one won. And a lot of people were like, how can you say that you're more excited for this than Devachenko and, and Charlo? I get it. You know, they're, they're both local. I, they're both, they're both knockout guys. So I, I'm excited to see it in general. I know the UK fan base is American fan base, not so much, but come on. I mean, Daniel Dubois especially could be a major force in the heavyweight division moving forward. You know, right now we have Anthony Joshua and Fury and, you know, Deontay Wilder kind of owning the heavyweight division and kind of the top of the heavyweight division. But all those guys are in their 30s and Daniel Dubois has time on his side. So I'm curious to see how he does now. He does have to get by, by Joe Joyce. And even though... On this channel, I have hated on Joe Joyce time and time again for being very slow. He is a hard-hitting heavyweight, so we'll see how he does. Now, this is a kind of just silly story I saw, and that's Dillian White saying, I got dropped, you know, but I got right up afterwards. Like, basically being like, I, I wasn't totally out. I wasn't totally gone. It's just like, I don't know what, I don't know. Maybe you got some head injury, White, because... Dillian White was completely knocked out. I mean, totally, totally knocked out. I don't really understand the statement from him, but you know, I think Dillian White's so embarrassed right now that he's just trying to save face with this. Speaking of Dillian White and who he might be interested in fighting after, if he wins against Pavekin, which that's an interesting fight, that rematch, Parker came out and said, I really want to rematch with Dillian White. This to me is a very interesting rematch if it happens. And the reason being that, you know, Joseph Parker had Dillian White, not only, you know, did he knock him down, but he had him very hurt near the end of that fight. And, you know, there were moments where Joseph Parker certainly could have gotten the KO if there was just a little bit more time here and there, or if he had landed the punch just a little bit sooner. So I would love to see this rematch. I actually think this would be a great rematch. Joseph Parker, you know, hasn't really, hasn't really been fighting anyone. They're just, there's talks about him fighting, you know, guys in Australia or New Zealand. Obviously there's a lot of travel restrictions right now. So I think he's a little bit limited, but still like this to me would be a perfect fight. If Dillian White does win against Pavetkin, I would absolutely think this would be a great stepping stone. Dillian White, this would be a good move for him because he's already beaten Joseph Parker technically. And even though, you know, he had issues with him at certain points in it, I still think he would go in there feeling fairly confident, especially after such a brutal knockout. He beats Pavekin, goes against a guy that he's already beaten before and feels like he could probably knock out and, and, and beat again. I think that would be a smart move build up his confidence a little bit more to get back in the groove before he starts going for, well, other major heavyweights that are in that, you know, the elite level. And then finally, last story I'd like to kind of talk about, and that's Roy Jones Jr. talking about anticipating Mike Tyson to come out, you know, just firing on all cylinders in round one. Now, look, 
I'm going to do a whole another fight prediction, kind of break down a little bit more of the Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson thing once we get a little bit closer, because obviously they bumped it out to November 28th. I think it's hard to tell exactly how this fight's going to go. But, you know, one thing I did see was Mike Tyson was recently on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I love Joe Rogan. I'm a big fan of him. But, man, it was sometimes once in a while joe has someone on that he truly admires and is a little bit starstruck by and with mike tyson you could see it you know he's hyping up the fight for mike mike's trying to be a salesman and and mike's mike's not a very good salesman so joe rogan's like oh yeah of course it's going to be like a real fight it's like joe if you did some research about this fight there's a lot of stipulations if someone gets cut it's getting stopped they're wearing heavier gloves I'm sure, I'm sure there are other stipulations going on in terms of what you can and can't do and and when the ref will stop things. I don't think this thing's gonna get too out of control. It could, it could. I'm not trying to, you know, totally be a wet blanket about it, but I just don't think we're gonna get the thing that uh, Joe Rogan was talking about. I don't think we're gonna get the fight that's gonna be out of control crazy or uh, two guys going full steam ahead the whole time, especially when Mike was talking about being really ready to do a full eight rounds, which was interesting in that podcast. I mean, Mike looks great, and uh, Roy's been active, you know, staying in the gym active uh, for quite a while. So anyways, with that said, that's what I have for this week. Thanks for stopping by the channel. If you're new, we do uh, have this also on Spotify, Apple, iTunes. So if you want to listen to the podcast rather than watch it here on YouTube or vice versa, if you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes and you want to watch the video version, we're here on YouTube. So thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks.